How's everybody doing? I haven't seen you guys since the new year. Well, happy, happy 2024. Yes. 2024. Mm-hmm. Brand new season. So many sequels. Season seven. If anyone's counting. Wow. It's good. We are. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a year 2023 was, right? So many things happened. So many movies. So many sequels. And uh, it's going to be... Man. A better year, 2024? What do we think? I don't know. We're we're going to get into that here later. Mm. But, yeah, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe last time we, we left off, we were like, hey, you know what? Take some time. Get caught up on some more big movies from 2023. Uh, so did you guys do that? No. You know why? <laughs> I did. Because I got sick again. Yeah. I got sick again. Yeah. You know how tired I am of being sick? Yeah. You could say I'm sick and tired of it. Yeah. It's like the fifth time mm. in the last month like that I have been sick. Cross-Canadian, cross-Canadian ragweed song. Sick and tired of being yeah, sick and tired. And, mm. and I'd already watched all of the new movies that were streaming two weeks ago when I was sick. Mm-hmm. And, and so the only thing I could watch was The Holdovers because that was the only new thing that was streaming. Mm-hmm. So no, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton. What about you guys? Uh, I mean, I watched a good amount. Um, I, I hammered through a lot of Christmas movies toward the end of the year there. Uh, it's funny, my my Letterbox Wrapped that came out uh, this week said that my most watched like niche genre was holiday films. And I was like, dang it! <laughs> Christmas yep. got me in the end there, making my most watched Throws genre. Throws off the algorithm. I know. So that we'll see if we can fix that next year. But... Uh, I, I I tried to get some more of my big 2023 misses in. I didn't miss a ton uh, throughout the year, thankfully, and none of them really impacted my final five that we'll talk about later in the show. But there's been a, there's been some good catching up on some things. I've been catching up on a lot of TV. Uh, I've watched the Monarch show on Apple TV Plus about Godzilla. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was really I, cool. I wanted to see that. It looks good. I've also started. Um, <laughs> I started the Percy Jackson series on Disney oh, Plus just for yeah. just for kicks and grins. With rated R superstar Adam Copeland. That's right, Dan. Did you read the the letter, the, um, the books? No, uh, I did I not did. read. The did books. you, Josh? Yeah. No. Edgy Adam. Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Edgy Adam. So, uh, and it's also got uh, you know everyone. Is this a wrestling thing? It's got no, no. Yeah, of course okay. not. It's got a Gen Z's favorite, <laughs> favorite uh, musical producer, Lin Manuel Miranda, in it too. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that's is that going yeah. well? Have you enjoying yourself? It's pretty good. I mean, it's only it, uh, it, four episodes are out, and I've watched three, so it's pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see if it has the juice to to last. But I've always, juice. I've heard a lot about, about the Percy Jackson series. I did see the uh, original movie that came out several years back. When they tried to make it a movie franchise, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that movie was pretty good, but uh, I think they made a second, and then it never really went anywhere. So I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Uh, I think book series can do better in a t- serialized TV form. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, yes, su- such was yeah. the case for many of the Harry Potter slash, uh, you know, well, and we'll uh, see Harry one Potter day. Clones. You know, they yeah. announced that that Harry Potter TV show like last year that will come mm-hmm. to fruition in the next fifty years. Uh, <laughs> Or maybe we'll see more, how perhaps. that works. Yeah. Um, what about you, David? Did you uh, did you catch up on much? If I had a dime for every new movie I watched during this week, I would have zero dimes. It was a very uneventful time period for me. Set so many aside in my queue. Uh, you know, May December Maestro. Uh, uh, you know, no hard feelings. I was going to catch up on so much. Didn't do squat. You know what I watched? The Lion King for the 80th time. Um, and uh but it but like you said josh i don't know if any of them would have really impacted my top five as it was you know my final score um i really want to catch up on a lot of movies though uh uh, everybody has told me um two movies that have really stood out over these last few months are poor things and past lives these are two movies that i've heard a lot about i really want to try to check out either of them if i can um killers of the flower moon finally drops uh, for you know, no extra charge on January twelfth. So somewhere along the way, I will try to find a, a day to myself to try to watch the Killers of the Flower Moon, which I know is was highly rated for both of you. So I um I look forward to maybe catching up on that. But you know, I just enjoyed I just enjoyed my last week. I I, I watched I watched thirty nine films in twenty twenty three, 
which is better nice. than 2022. Um, and so I feel, you know, feel pretty good about that. 2023, 20 films from 2023, I should say. Watched about, I don't know, 100 moves, movies overall. Many thanks to so many sequels. So that's my recap. We have that effect on people. We make them watch movies. We do. Now, David, you also, you've been doing a very fun thing for this show the past year or so. Fun for me. Which is you have jumped in on the uh, Spotify wrapped craze. Everybody's wrapping things this year. Mm. You know, I got a wrapped uh, a couple weeks ago from Walmart Plus. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to know This is what they're doing. They're collecting all our data, and then they're, you know, to avoid the fact that they're collecting and selling all Mm. our data, they're going to be like, oh, look, here's your data for you. Uh I see what you're I like it. Well, that's the dirty secret. I like it. We all want the data. We want yeah. we hunger for it so much. We all mm. want a wrapped for everything. So I've often, David made us a wrapped for us, right? Yeah, it's true. I, I've often said that uh, one of the things I kind of hope for, like if there is, you know, like a, in heaven, is that there's like a stat sheet where I can go and I can see like how far I yes, walk. Everybody wants like, a heads up display with you know, all their. Just want to know what yeah. I've done. You exactly. Know? How many times did I really watch The Lion King? Um, so what yeah, got, so many things for us this year. So many things wrapped. So uh, we. Um, have officially re-watched uh, 251 movies now for this channel. Our 250th uh, milestone was A Christmas Story, and then we added one more with the holiday. Um, the 2020s is almost our most popular decade. We're really moving our way into that, that sector. Right now, uh, you guys might be able to guess, but the 2010s are our most popular decade so far. Um, with 68 films, 2020s just four behind. Um you know, this year, uh, the movies, the the box office was up. It was a big year at the box office. Uh, Barbie dominated number one movie. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, number two. And Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse, number three, uh, domestically. Um, worldwide, that, the, that number is a little bit different. I think, uh, Garrett, you posted a thing earlier about how top three movies of the year are not uh, sequels or remakes or... Uh, Oppenheimer, that's the number third. That's the number three movie worldwide, uh, and that's a pretty big deal, uh, pretty interesting deal. First time since the early two thousands that that's happened. But um, yeah, so Barbie, Super Mario Brothers, and uh, Spider Verse are your top three here in the U.S. Uh, here's a little fun fact: we reviewed here on this channel eight of the top ten movies at the box office this year. So if you're interested in any of those, you can check out our feed. Uh, we also what did we miss? What two did we miss? Uh, so. Uh, domestically, we missed uh, Sound of Freedom <laughs> and uh, oh. Taylor Swift. Well, that movie's a lie. Oh, no. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> and, and Josh reviewed Eras Tour for Technically, us. Josh did a little, pre, a little brief review of uh, Eras Tour. I did. I did review the Eras Tour, so it, it counts. Um, oh, you're going to, okay, we'll count it. I don't know. What episode was that in, Josh? Do you remember? I don't was know, it, but I think uh, she made it in the title that week, so it's it's fine. Um, she did. For it SEO might be. Might be. At least, I think we also talked <laughs> you about. You got to put Taylor Swift in the title. <laughs> Come on. Come on. And so, uh, inter- uh, globally, though, Fast X was the number five movie worldwide. We did not review Fast X. And um, what was the other one? Oh, Good. I guess we did nine of the top. We did nine of the top ten worldwide. So there you go. We just missed Fast X. On that front, um, our highest, bro- the highest movie we re- reviewed in terms of box office gross was Barbie. The lowest reviewed movie that we talked about was sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, so covered both both ends of the spectrum there. Um, the uh, we reviewed a lot of movies this year, F- forty films for so many sequels specifically, like titled reviews. Um, the average score for our uh, for a movie reviewed by so many sequels is three point four. That's the, uh, if you take all the movies we watch, 3.4. So I think we're doing pretty well, you know. Uh, we had a couple of really highly regarded movies drag that number up. Um, uh, I'll get into, I also took down you guys' top scores, but uh, we're going to talk about some of your top scores, top, top rated movies here in just a little while. So I'll give you some of your lowest rated. Uh, uh, Garrett's lowest rated movie of the year was uh a was reindeer games at 0.5 oh followed by little fockers at one and then bedazzled at 1.5 oh where the heck did i put murder mystery 2 mm. that should oh, be lower well in terms so this is in terms of movies we reviewed i'll, I'll say in terms okay, of movies fair, we reviewed fair. so 
you may have reviewed personal out, outside of this uh, the, these boxes. You may have reviewed some other movies lower. Uh, Josh, similarly, Reindeer Games, Little Fockers, and 65 were your lowest rated movies of the year. Uh, and for me, my lowest rated the movie, my lowest rated movie of the year was Maniac. I rated that uh, one star. Um, and I also rated Reindeer Games pretty low as well. Um, <clears throat> here is a um, one more, or uh, two more little things. So letterbox game, I won again. Uh, trophy is right here. Got to mention it. Two-time champ. Two-time champ. Uh, Reigning and defender. And still. Um, we, we added a little, little, a little uh, new novelty this year, the direct hit feature, which is if you get direct hit, you get two points for that particular week. It was not a great addition for Garrett as he only had one direct hit. Uh, Josh, you had the most direct hits with four. I had three. Uh, Andrew also had one, but Andrew only reviewed one movie this year with us. So, you know, in terms of percentage, Andrew didn't do me any good. Did really well there. Um, Don't give Andrew credit. Uh, here's another <laughs> thing. Our most watched actor was Brendan Fraser. Well, that makes sense. Of course. We dedicated, Brendan Fraser, we, could, we dedicated a whole month to him, which you can go and listen to those reviews. Uh, Next up would be Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. We gave them three star or three movies each. Uh, our most uh, viewed uh, 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 female actress was a tie between Nev Campbell and uh, I can't. I'm not going to mess her name up. Uh, Io. Eddie, Eddie, Io yeah, Barry. Barry. Yeah, there you go. Um, as well as Cameron Diaz and uh, Ariana Greenblatt. I think that's her name. Um, so this is my. This is one of my. I think this is my favorite. In most my 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 favorite stat. Directors, our most viewed director was Jay Roach. Do you know who Jay Roach is? I know he's who Jay. Not right off the top of my head. He's the guy that directed Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers. Uh, so that's our. Well, most. sure. That makes sense. Other than that, we didn't repeat any other directors, and we didn't for most of the year. I will say this is uh, so. This is something I'm a little bit proud of, and this is my last stat for us. But uh, we had a lot of first-time views for some well-known directors. We watched our first Ron Howard movie this year. We watched our first Wes Craven movie this year. We watched our first Kubrick movie for this podcast this year. We watched our first James Cameron, our first Greta Gerwig. We watched our first Nancy Myers. Okay, and Rob the more Marshall. you're talking, the more embarrassed I'm getting. Stop telling people it's <laughs> our, our first time doing these amazing directors. <laughs> you know, and, and Harold Ramis. That's the last one. But, uh, for this podcast, that's for this that, podcast. Those, are the, those are some firsts. Hey, those early seasons, we were doing something totally different. That's true. We were <laughs> I, I, actually, you know, I mean, that's the thing is the first years we were doing a lot of repeat directors. Um, like, like this year, we had our fifth Spielberg film. We had our fifth Nolan film. Uh, we had our third uh, uh, Macquarie movie. You know, so like, they, we've done a lot of directors, pro- prominent directors before, but some of the best directors haven't done sequels. So in the years when we were doing mostly sequels, we didn't do a Ron Howard movie because he's never directed a sequel, to my knowledge. I don't think. Um, you know, and same with Nancy Myers. She's never directed a sequel before, so or a franchise. So that's why we didn't cover them early on. But I'm so excited. This last year we watched a lot of new movies and a lot of great old movies, and we're gonna talk about some of our top movies right now. That's right, yeah. Uh before we do though, be sure you subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't done that yet. Uh so many sequels on YouTube. You can get clips from the show there as well as full episodes that you can listen to as podcasts or watch. Um as the full episode there on your TV or your phone, uh, as God intended. So go do that. YouTube.com slash so many sequels, or again, just search in the YouTube app. I don't know who uses Do people really use URLs for YouTube anymore. I don't know. Mm, <laughs> I don't think I don't they know. do. No, they open the app and they search. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. So many sequels in your YouTube app. We'll see you there. Okay. Let's get into our top 20 not top 20, our top 2023 movies uh, is going to be five. we uh, doing something a little different this year. So in the past, we would each bring our, our uh, individual top lists to the show. This year, though, we decided to do a little work beforehand. I know, crazy. We planned some of the show a little bit. And we, we took our effort lists. In. We decided not to try to surprise each other this year. Exactly, because when we surprise each other, we just, I don't know, the show could have been better, is what I, is how I feel. <laughs> if we don't we surprise up. each other, it could just be a better show. Yep. So, that's what we did. We took our each of our lists, put them all together, worked the, some magic, twisted some numbers, and came out with our own 
so many sequels ranking our top five movies of the year. And then after that, we'll talk about some of our individual honorable mentions along the way. But Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and jump into it. Our number five movie. I'm a little surprised by this one. I'm a little surprised that it made the list even because it's a late entry into 2023. Um, And I just didn't know if all three of us would get a chance to see it. But that movie is The Holdovers. Uh, Made it into our top five of the year at number Mm -hmm. five. This is a movie starring Paul Giamatti as a curmudgeonly instructor at a New England prep school who is forced to remain on campus during Christmas break to babysit the handful of students with nowhere to go. Eventually, he forms an unlikely bond with one of them, a damaged, brainy troublemaker, and with the school's head cook who has just lost a son in Vietnam. It's a very small story, but it's very big in emotion, I thought. So, uh, Garrett, I feel like you ranked it highest on your list, if I'm not mistaken. So why don't you start with why this is one of your favorites of the year? You know... It's a small story, you're right, but a lot of times those small stories have a lot of personal love that go into them, right? And this is a movie that you can really feel was purposeful in casting, purposeful in storytelling. Every character had an arc, a start, and a finish. Every single character had a balance of where you just hated them and you thought they were just a Jerk. Well, not everybody, but most of them. And then they would have these moments where it was like, oh my God, what a what a wonderful human being you are. And and it really just showed the complexity of human nature through each character. And like the storytelling was perfect. Paul Giamatti, his performance was amazing. I mean, he is a master at taking a character and and who is so unlikable but lovable. And I don't know how he does it, but he just can. He can make you hate someone and love them and and show the full roundedness of a human. And he's such a good actor. And this per, this per, uh, performance was written for him. Alexander Payne was like, this is written for Paul Giamatti. And so they know each other well. They've worked together before. And it just feels like everybody just hit a home run on this movie. I mean, it is solid from top to bottom. And the soundtrack's a banger. So, and and the way that it looks, it's a period piece that takes place in the 70s or something like that. I can't remember the exact time frame, but it looks like it was made from that time frame. We, we watched The Shining earlier this year, and it gave me that aesthetic. And so it set the tone. It took me to where they wanted to, and it really just delivered in every aspect. It was beautiful. David, oh, 100%. Why did you pick, uh, or why did you choose to rank this as one of your favorites of the year? Um, you know... I agree with everything Garrett said, and I'll add that um, I think that it really, really was aided by the fact that it was it was set in the nineteen in nineteen seventy. Like it, it gave it almost a sense of timelessness. Like it didn't feel like you were watching it. It is almost like this could have. It feels like it could have came out at any time in the last thirty years. Like nothing about it uh, forced it into any sort of like oh, in ten years this is going to be really dated. Like it purposefully. Uh, set itself in a in a way that just makes it feel like an old story to begin with, and and it gets you in that in a, like a comfort zone for that. Jay Garrett, I couldn't agree more. Giamatti was great in this. Um, I posted this on Threads, and it, it seemed to be it seemed to be a popular sentiment. There there are only there are two actors that I think do um, on my last nerve really well, and that's Giamatti and J.K. Simmons. Like both of them just totally sell. I am about done with this conversation, and. <laughs> That was uh, one of my favorite parts was just um, Giamatti's interaction. He was both stern and 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 you know just uh, a jerk and like the teacher you totally didn't want. But there was that element of like there's a real person there that he knows he can't show the kids because they'll just take advantage of him. And he has a sense of nurturing, but he just doesn't use it, you know. And I gotta say, when the so spoiler alert, midway through the movie. He starts to develop a relationship with one of the kids. I was really surprised at how they uh, pulled that off. Um, I guess, again, spoiler alert here for the holdovers, but the rest of the kids leave. And I was like, I was just getting attached to all these kids, and now they're gone. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, I never knew where necessarily where it was going next. Every scene feels like a step forward, even if it's a small step forward. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, 
a great movie. I kind of wish we had done it for our So Many Santas, even though it's not like a Santa Claus type movie. It's But it is very, like the Christmas element is definitely felt. Yeah, I think this could be a So Many Santas movie, and maybe it will someday. I don't know. We could devote a whole episode to it, because I definitely think it's a Christmas movie. Um, even the, the poster I'm looking at here on Letterboxd, I like it a lot. It's a good poster of the three main characters kind of standing just outside of a gigantic shattered Christmas ornament. Very funny. Um, yeah, this movie has a lot going for it in the characters. Uh, it kind of took me by surprise when I saw it. It's it's David, you were given spoiler alerts. It's not really too spoilery to, to say that um, this, this boy gets left alone at the school. That's kind of part of the premise um, is him having to make it through Christmas break alone but only with his professor who sucks and the head cook who he just doesn't know um so i like that but i also really like the aspect of the head cook uh divine joy randolph played her and she brings this like motherly tenderness to the to to the movie that is not just for the students but for paul giamatti as well and that's what i really liked about her there's a couple times where she you know more or less verbally knocks him up the head and is like what are you what are you doing man good what's wrong with you so i love that i love how uh paul giamatti gets to learn from from her and from the young boy and and i don't know it's one of those movies where you don't know if everybody leaves changed at the end but you hope so, at least. You can see where this was a meaningful Christmas for them. So, I, I thought it was really great. I gave it four stars. So, would you guys give it? We'll I think talk I also about personal it, ratings. I, later, I also but. give it four stars. I gave it a four and a half star. And if I remember correctly, the reason I did it is in my letterbox review is because of that amazing snow globe of Santa looking over baby Jesus sealed that half star for me. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I said that yeah. this movie felt like a tear. So- <laughs> The tear-soaked shoulder of a warm hug. Yeah, collectively, we rated this a 4.1 um, based on our individual ratings. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, definitely. Well, that's number five. Definitely, I think worthy of having it here. Let's move on uh, number to f- number... F- okay. Mm-hmm. Number four. Oh, yes. Let's move on to number four, which is our first and only documentary in the list this year. This is still a Michael J. Fox movie. Yeah. Gary, yeah, so again, I think I got to start with you because you rated this uh, your top movie of the year. I, I'm spoiling what you're going to say later, but what can I do? I know. Well, you know, I just have good taste in movies, apparently. But you do. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is that uh, blank man. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that's a that's a movie for another day. But uh, still, a Michael J. Fox movie. I know. We. Uh, you know, this movie was so unexpected for me. I had never uh, seen a documentary done this way. And, you know, docu- documentaries, a lot of times, it's a subject that you, you're interested in. And obviously, Michael J. Fox, somebody I'm super interested in. And so when this dropped, it was something I was looking forward to. But then when I watched it, it was something I was never... I, I can't even explain it. I mean, it was like they took a movie of his life. They made a movie of Michael J. Fox, but into a documentary, but into a movie. It's hard, it's so hard to explain without having seen it. Um, mm-hmm. But then when you get into the documentary pieces and he's talking and you go back and you see all of those things and he's telling his story of Parkinson's and how he would hide it in certain ways, but then they point it out in all of these shows that you see in Back to the Future, in uh, Spin City, in, in Teen Wolf, you know, all of these different things. And you're like, oh my God, this guy and and just him as a person um and how he deals with this and how he shares his story and 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 just goes about it um it's really inspiring um and yeah it was as a documentary something i never seen before so uh that's that's why it's such high marks for me david what'd you think yeah this was in all of our top tens uh josh and i both had it at seven and garrett you had it at one which really elevated it into our composite top five um like you said i mean they interstitch both clips from his films um a few like dramatization elements just to kind of like fill in a few gaps and then just you know michael j fox an incredible storyteller and 
like you're hanging on his every word because like he was a hero of 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 cinema for a long time and then he became something bigger than that when he announced his diagnosis and so like it's just a really really well done documentary that i think hangs with you and by the end like you feel you you're you're torn between you don't want to feel bad for him because you're so on his side about what he's going through but at the same time you kind of can't help but also be like man you know like there's a part of you that's like i wish i could be as tough as michael j fox so yeah it was a great movie Uh, i rate it highly i watched this movie on a plane which is not always the best way to watch a movie but i have some very close to my heart experiences watching movies on planes and one of those is this one um I just love Michael J. Fox, you know, and so seeing so much of his personality and humor in this movie is what sold it for me. You see how he takes on having Parkinson's with stride, with a sense of humor, and also with this, like, you can't beat me down attitude that I just love. Like, he has moments of weakness on display in the movie where he falls or stumbles or whatever, and he's like, whatever, I don't care. Sometimes he cracks jokes at his expense for it, and it's just great to see him pushing through it after um, being diagnosed so young. That's the thing with him, is his diagnosis was so young at such a peak point in his career, and you really see that unfold through those interstitions that you guys talked about that I can't recommend enough. And this movie is also, uh, it was just announced on the short list for Best Documentary at the Oscars this year. So we will see if Still makes it into the final nominations at the end of the month, but that'll be exciting. So Still, a Michael J. Fox movie, is our number four movie of the year. I believe you can find that on Apple TV+. Plus. I think so. Uh, so go check that yes. out if you haven't yet. It's it's potentially an Oscar contender. So go check that out. Yeah, I I I, I wish that 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 it. I felt like it could win, um, but I I just can't imagine them giving it to this. But I would it'd be great if it they did. That that'd be really exciting. But anyway, I have a feeling we um, might see somebody named John Batiste accepting an Oscar this year for a movie. Mm, but yeah. that's for another thing. <laughs> that's also to talk about later. Um, Okay, number three, we're getting into the top, top, top of the top now. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one of the big, the, uh, half of the big double feature of the year, the big Barbenheimer mm-hmm. summer event. Uh, which one did we pick to rank over the other? Well, number three is Oppenheimer. So oh, do with that what you will. Controversial. Will Barbie make the list? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Uh, but Oppenheimer is at mm-hmm. number three. This was the big Christopher Nolan biopic of robert robert oppenheimer the creator of the atomic bomb Mm -hmm. um huge huge movie in in scope in story in cast list Mm what did you guys think of oppenheimer did we go see that together was this a barbenheimer event we did i don't remember anymore we did not go together um I don't know if we ever posted the video of our Oppenheimer review, but we did review it together, and we had—I think—we had some good fun with it. Um, uh, Garrett, I, I'm interested in what you had to say because I—I'm pretty sure you—you you missed. I think you missed our Barbie review, but you were there for Oppenheimer. Yeah, you know, uh, I honestly don't remember this movie well. I only saw it the one time in theaters, but um, from my recollection, obviously it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and so it is incredibly well made. And you are on—it is long. But it is. It didn't feel long. At every point in turn, I was on the edge of my seat into this story. I mean, again, what it is and the story it tells, and the moment in time and the moment in history and everything that goes into it um, was just poured into this. And you can tell that it was a passion project. And you know, all of us were waiting for the uh, for the bomb to go off. You know how they did it, how they could show it. Um, you know, say what you will about showing the full spectrum of the repercussions of this. Um, that I think is a piece that wasn't necessarily talked about a ton, um, that could have been added to it just for full history context. Um, but I think that they did a really good job of showing the full history of it. And if you're interested in it, I feel like it's a very earnest telling of the story. So, um, it was a really great movie. Um, I have nothing bad to say about it. I just—it's just been so long since I've seen it. David, 
You know, same. I have it <laughs> on Blu-ray in there. Yeah, in my same. Same. It's always in my. It's on my uh, shelf over there. I got it for Christmas. Um, haven't rewatched it yet, but it was um, a. You know, it was a Christopher Nolan release, and <laughs> if there's a director today who has a sort of name recognition. Uh, you know, if there's like you know a Spielberg of his day, it's, no, it's Christopher Nolan. He is his own franchise. He can put uh, he can put out whatever he wants, and he's got a dedicated fan base that's going to come out. Um, it's not my favorite Nolan movie, however, it was my uh, I believe uh, it was my third favorite movie of the year. Like it was it was it was an overpowering experience. Like his like this movie more so than other Nolan films. It just like over time just envelop like you're just you just feel like you're engulfed in it with how close everything feels there's a lot of just like heavy close-ups um that's kind of doesn't matter but it was a big it's kind of hard to talk about in some ways but what i appreciated about it was sort of he dropped the the subtitle of oppenheimer's biopic right which was american prometheus but there is like a promethean story here of this group of people led by Oppenheimer is tasked with building an atomic bomb before the Nazis, which is something I think a lot of people forget about in the context of history is they didn't win. Like America didn't build a bomb just for the sake of building a bomb to use on Japan. They're trying to beat the Nazis to this thing. Right. And he did that. And the United States government over time used Oppenheimer's left leaning affiliations to demonize him to take things out on him which is the part of that prometheus story of like he gives us fire and then we turn on him like he gives us the thing that we asked for the thing that would make us better and now we're going to make him the bad guy we're going to turn on him it's very like you know it's very similar to other stories that no one has told in his time but this might be the most prolific real world example of this situation um, so I could see a lot of people taking away those things. The performances were great. Robert Downey Jr. was amazing in it. Um, obviously, uh, Killian Murphy's great. I, I really have high hopes for uh, for um, Emily Blunt that she might get Best Supporting Actress. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. This was our collectively highest rated movie. Now you're thinking, I know what you're thinking, like, they, guys, if you rated it the highest, why is it number three? Well, we actually ranked other movies higher despite the high rating. Between the four, three of us, it's a it's a four point six six, which is pretty good. So I thought it was really cool uh, when they did a lot of big booms and there was colorful big, stuff on the screen. Uh, really only one big boom. Well, there was several big booms, but there was one big boom, <laughs> uh, and I like that yeah. a lot. Now, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in in Oppenheimer uh, effects wise that I liked a lot, and ultimately, I, I noted this in my letterbox review when I saw it first over the summer. It's it's a movie that's over, over three hours long. I always need a bathroom break in movies, and I didn't get up in that one. I did not go to the bathroom, so that is a testament. To the movie, and also, again, I just want to repeat the size of the cast. It's basically the Nolan Cinematic Universe, uh, all <laughs> combined into one huge film. So, Oppenheimer, if you somehow missed that one, that's our third favorite movie of 2023. Number two. It's also, well, I want to say it's also a fan of the show, Mike Brower's favorite movie of the year. Number oh, we do want to shout Mike out Brower. Mike then. Yes, we, uh, we have a Discord that you can join. Uh, just check out our Patreon so many sequels there you can get the link at so many sequels.com you can get join our discord and we asked uh, everyone there to share their top movies of the year and mike is one of the ones who shared those so thank you mike for mike may know. be the one that shared well <laughs> yeah so he also had oppenheimer he also had uh, the holdovers was high on his list as well so cool well oppenheimer Mikey B. was a five was a five star movie for me um i don't know about you it was a four and a half for me yeah yeah I think Garrett was also four was, and a half. Yeah, also four and a half. I had to check. Well, number two, our penultimate favorite movie of the year is The Other Side of Barbenheimer. It is Barbie, mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig's mm-hmm. uh, ode to the uh, great American girl doll, Bolly, or not not the American girl doll, but the American <laughs> yeah. girl doll, Barbie. Girl doll. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, well Barbie. Done. 
of course, came out over the summer. It's a huge fanfare with Margot Robbie as Barbie, Ken, played by Ryan Gosling. What do we have to say? What's left to say about Barbie? I, I love the movie. I'm not surprised it's at number two at the top of our list. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, but what can you say about uh, Barbie? Oh, I was going to say that you can't say about chocolate cake. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Garrett. No. Well, I want to hear what you can't say about Barbie that you can't say about chocolate cake. I'm intrigued by this. Oh, you know, well, well you know, uh, it can't come on a plate. Uh, anyway. Um, I don't know. I, well, what, well, that's a, that's a great, that's a great game for another day is what can't you, what, what can't you say about chocolate cake? Uh, but no, Garrett, what'd you think? Cause we, you weren't on our show. We had, uh, we had to pull in the, yeah. the reserves. We had to pull in my wife, Nikki to review Barbie with us. So what did, uh, what did you think? Oh, Barbie was a blast and a half, man. I mean, like, it's a good time. It's a good message. Greta Gerwig came in, and uh, she killed the game. I mean, she delivered on what she needed, you know. Um, I think there's, you know, for me, I don't necessarily like the Mattel aspect of it. I didn't think it was super needed. Um, I I had some critiques on that. I can't exactly remember what it was, Um, but... Outside of that, the second time I saw it, that was the first time I saw it, and then the second time I saw it, I was like, ah, this is so much fun and enjoyable, and you get the message that they're trying to uh, to tell you. And, and then at the end, for the uh, connection between um, the mother and the daughter, for for that kind of feeling, and then the, the slideshow that they show, it really hits you, and, and you feel it. You know, whether you're, you don't have to be a daughter or a mother to feel that feeling of love for your child for your parent for whatever and so um this movie just was uh i think it really delivered on the hype um and sometimes it's difficult to do that um i mean the marketing machine that Mm. was barbie really could have missed and boy that would have been tragic and so for them to have not only um met the hype but maybe surpassed it even and delivered on something that was i don't think i don't know i don't know if when people saw there was a Barbie movie come out, if people expected this. Um, and so I think that it just really blew everything away. And um, it's pretty close to a five-star movie. Yeah, I think that there are people who are expecting it to be like full of like cringy memes that they could they could get out of it, a, Mor- a Morbius situation. But combination of the uh, marketing from Warner Brothers for Barbie and then the fan marketing of Barbenheimer really built this thing up into a must-see event, right? And luckily, the film itself really delivers. Um, we might get some some shade for putting it ahead of Oppenheimer, but I think that the two movies are... They're, they're, they're sibling films in my head. They're really great. Um, like you said, a lot of people talk about the America Ferrera speech in that movie as sort of this big moment that was supposed to you're supposed to take something away from. And I, I think it is. But I think the bigger moment is, like you said, the moment with Barbie and her, her mother, Rhea Perlman's character, um, is such an emotional way to, to, to drive that movie home, to take it where you actually maybe weren't even thinking it was going to go. Um, it's hilarious, you know. I mean, like you said, the Mattel stuff wouldn't have worked if it was anybody but Will Ferrell. He had me cracking up. Um, uh, 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 Ryan Gosling, hilarious. Someone said that Ryan Gosling didn't disappear into the role of Ken, and I said that's because Ken disappeared into Ryan Gosling. Uh, it was a uh, he's he was hilarious. Uh, I'm don't know. I mean, I, I'd be interested to see how the award ceremony turns out in, the, in terms of that. But uh, just a fantastic movie, uh, funny, uh, insightful. Like I don't know what what more you could ask for. And a, 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 honestly, a perfect. I've never done something like barbenheimer but i did it that day i went to the movies i watched uh i think i watched oppenheimer first and then i watched barbie and barbie was a perfect chaser for oppenheimer i felt much much uh i felt also sad at the end of both movies but happy sad yeah fair enough fair enough what about you josh uh i uh barbie was great i loved barbie i have Nothing more to add on top of what we've said already. So let's move along yeah, our, here. Uh, what? Yeah, our, our rankings there was 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 uh, two, four, five. So that's it was right. It was all stacked together there for us. Excellent. Uh, and our, our rating of Barbie's a four and a half overall. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, let's 
get to the end of the end of not the end of the show, but the end of the list here and reveal our favorite movie collectively of 2023 is insert uh, rim shot here or not rim shot. That's for jokes. Drum rolls. Drum insert roll. a drum roll here is going to be Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. A superhero mm-hmm. movie made it to the top of our list. I am both surprised and not. Both surprised and not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did this well, happen, fellas? <clears throat> this was a. Um, we ha- we've been historically yeah. fans of superhero movies, but not in the past year or so. We've been pretty harsh on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, that's well, because they yeah. lost their way. The hero's journey, and they are a fallen. They are on the fallen side of their journey. Mm-hmm. They need to get uh, to superhero the movies. Yeah, and you know what? It's because these movies still tell a story. They still have a purpose. They're not just mindless fighting, villain, hero, punch, 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 Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Whoa, that's not what we're doing here. We're telling something bigger. And this movie was so big, man. It was, uh, it was almost too big. Mm-hmm. It was so. It was a chaotic fever dream that you were able to follow somehow, and that was a well done storytelling. I, I, if you haven't seen the movie, this probably doesn't make sense. But you should go watch it, and then it will make sense. But there's, it's just all over the place. And then I didn't expect the ending, and I was almost so angry I threw something, but like in a good way, because it, it, that's the best way to in something like that and be like <gasps> speechless so mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. this movie uh worthy of being our number one i think um spider-verse uh is it's got a freshness to it it's got a maturity to it um uh, that even though it's in this world of animation even though it's in this world of the same superheroes you've seen a bunch of times in some ways like there's just a there's just a freshness to it i think a big part of that is you know, Lord and Miller, who have given us a lot of great movies like uh, Mitchell versus the Machines, the Lego movie. Um, they've given us a lot over the last few years, and they are proving to be great writers and producers of animated films. Um, and uh, Miles as a character is elevating to a place where people recognize Miles Morales as a spy, as Spider-Man, as a char- as a main character in these movies. And that's just great, you know. This movie got to do a little bit of both. It got to tell a great story and also do some fan service because a lot of it is sold on like, oh, multiple Spider-Mans. There's this whole world of all these Spider-Mans pointing at each other, right? But that's deep into the movie. That's like a little, that's like a pretty good jump into the movie before we really get to that point. The other versions of Spider-Man that you get to see are so interesting that even though you get to see them for like five seconds, you get to see, you know, Cowboy Spider-Man or Peter, Peter Parked Car or... Lego Spider-Man or whatever it is, <clears throat> it's just enough that you make you go, wow, that's actually kind of cool. Like I got to, I I like the idea of that. Um, the character, like the the complexity of all of it, gets to this thing of like at, on a meta level, you're all like Spider-Man is like trying to be, he's tr- he's 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 trying to find a way to be different. You know, the world is the the, the society is telling him, look, this is how your story goes. It's how all of our stories go. And if you don't let that happen, then you're not really Spider-Man. And he's like, but I am Spider-Man and I'm not, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to fix the things I want to fix. Right. So it's a really, really interesting movie. My wife, my wife talked about it and she like likes it. But honestly, what she loved the most was like the relationship between like Miles and his parents or Miles and Gwen and like those interpersonal relationships are so well developed that um if anybody sees it and thinks well it's a kid's movie it's a lot more than that it is very big uh it's not what you'd expect from an animated movie for sure uh i don't think it's not what i would expect but it does follow up to into the spider-verse in that same kind of vein i didn't think that they could top that one but i honestly feel like they did with this one uh and if the if the third one can stick the landing then this will be the new definitive spider-man trilogy in my opinion i believe if the third movie sticks the landing outranks toby outranks tom outranks andrew miles morales is the Mm. new best movie spider-man that's what we'll see Mm. uh this was Mm. a five-star movie for me Actually, 
you're right. And I actually, I was wrong. I know I don't say that often enough. I was wrong. This is actually our highest rated. It's a 4.8. You've said every this. movie we've done is our highest rated. No one's listening to you. No I more, gave David. it a 5. You gave it a 5. I think, Garrett, you gave it a 4.5. 4. Yeah, you don't get a 5 star when you're not a full movie. <laughs> yeah, I will half, say. So when you're, I, when you're a part 2. I watched it in theaters, and there was there was anger at that. There was there was audible like what, uh, and then yeah. uh, if you saw it in theaters and hit that ending, not very long after that, you found out the movie got delayed because of the strike. So I don't actually know when it's yeah, supposed to come true. out now, but it was supposed to come out this March. <clears throat> it was, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a delay, so, but it'll be worth it. It's going to be. We'll see. It's going to be fine. We'll see how that goes. All right, All right well, that is our collective top five of the year uh the holdovers still oppenheimer barbie and across the spider-verse i thought we'd wrap up here by just quickly going through our individual top fives there's a couple movies in in each of those that we didn't get to cover so i'll go first Mm -hmm. uh my rankings were five spider-man across the spider-verse and number five four i'll quickly say uh was my was killers of the flower moon the martin scorsese Mm -hmm. film uh set and shot in oklahoma very special to us for those reasons, obviously, but on top of that, I think it is a very strong movie, uh, very strong storytelling about this important historical event that could have been told, perhaps more authentically, with a different voice, but I'm glad that we have this. That's what I'll say. And I think Lily Gladstone is a, is a front runner for an Oscar. Oh, did anyone else want to just, I don't know. Okay. Uh, and then number three, Oppenheimer. Number two, Barbie. And number one, my favorite movie of the year, uh, surprised even me, is Poor Things, the new Yorgos Lanthimos movie starring Emma Stone. I was just captivated through this entire movie. It is so deeply weird and strange and creepy and hilarious. And I couldn't look away. So I adored Poor Things. And Emma Stone is amazing in it. Willem Dafoe was fantastic. I just really can't wait to see it again. It was so bizarre. That's my that's my top five. There you go. Nice. Uh, my five was Barbie, which we talked about. The Holdovers, which we talked about. Uh, my number three was one that we didn't talk about. It was American Symphony. It's a Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. I believe produced by Barack Obama mm-hmm. and Michelle Obama mm-hmm. and their production company. Mm-hmm. Um, again, documentaries are a, lot, a very personal subject and you know josh you and i were roommates and we watched uh colbert whenever he took over on the late show Mm -hmm. and we had no idea who this band leader was right and all we could remember was hearing him going in the background and it was the it was the best part of that show for so long because they couldn't find their footing but he was the hype man he was the laugh when they didn't get it or if it fell off he was like oh and it was great and his positivity just oozed and then for me, when he came out with his album, uh, I listened to it and immediately was like, this right here is going to win them all. And I don't think people expected it. And then when it happened, I was like, I told y'all. And so for me, I have always loved John Baptiste. And so seeing his story, uh, especially with his partner uh, and, and how they co- how everything just kind of came together and the story that it told, it was just really beautiful. And so that's really why. Uh, well done, movie. I'm excited. Uh, number that. two. Uh, Highly recommend. Highly Where can recommend. we find it? Um, it's on Netflix. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so uh, American Symphony on Netflix. Uh, number two, Spider-Verse, and number one was Still. Mm, okay. Um, my top five, a lot of uh, similar things. Uh, my first unique one, and I'll just, I, I kind of, I kind of upped this one when I saw you guys, the lists you guys had. I, went, I was like, I want to talk about something different. That's the Iron Claw. This is the story of the Von Erichs, the Texas wrestling family. Uh, d- truly depressing movie. Um, uh, scared my wife off just giving her the rundown of, of what kind of happens. Um, you know, solid performances from Efron, from, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, White, is that his name? Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White. White. Jeremy yeah, Allen Yeah, Jeremy Allen White. And then uh, the father, the actor playing the father, he's also really, really solid. Um, you know, I, I personally, if you read my review, had some withholdings about it. There were, I know the story very well. Um, you know, they cut an entire brother out of it. Um, and I understand the, the, the writer and director's, uh, reasoning, but, uh, that was kind of weird, but I still give it four stars. I still think it's 
worth the watch if you have any interest in the story. Um, and it hypes me up for the potential for more uh, of wrestling's darkest stories brought to brought to cinema. Let me tell you, Eddie what. Guerrero. I already saw. I mean, oh, yeah? into this real quick just to say I'm not. I have no desire to see this movie because it sounds entirely too sad for me to even want to deal with. But uh, a <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Andrew, told me that he went and saw this movie unprepared. He didn't know who these people yeah. were, or what, or and uh, if you, uh, I'm just going to say it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew was not prepared for the uh, epic tragedy that is this movie. Uh, that really, mm-hmm. you just need to know anything about who it's about to understand why it would be a traumatic experience. I'm assuming, but. Uh, yeah, maybe. Did he um, like? You know, did he like the movie? I don't. I honestly, I think so. But he, I don't know. It seemed awfully depressing. Yeah, it, 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 it is. And maybe that was part of my problem too. Was since I know everything, or knew everything, and kind of had like some foreknowledge going in. I was like, eh, I was like, okay, now come on, let's get to this thing, a little bit. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'll also say um, it was. Um, yeah, I, I lost my. What I thought, I've, thinking about Andrew. Falling That's okay. You can just move on to the up. next one. Then terrible Ric Flair impression in it. The actor said he wasn't trying to do an impression, but please try, try to do an impression of Ric Flair. What's the point? Anyway, my number four is Barbie. Three is Oppie. Two is Spidey. And uh, number one was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I'm probably the only person in the world that'll have this in their number one, <laughs> and I don't care that other people might view like, if, if other people look down on it. Uh, I am one of the like lone people that loves Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. This stuck a landing for me, especially considering it had to deal with a lot of the aftermath of Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and James Gunn's sort of swan song in the MCU. He tied it all together. Um, movie made me cry, and it's one of like the only two movies this year to make me cry. So I uh, had to give it number one almost for that reason. Um, fantastic, really enjoyed it. Five stars. Nothing more to say. All right. Well, let's put a bow on it then. That's the end of our 2023 best of episode. That's our favorite movies. Again, just to recap those for you, our top five movies of the year were The Holdovers, Still, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Across the Spider-Verse. Will one of those win Best Picture at the Oscars? I don't know. We'll find out in March if Mm. our picks align with the Mm. Academies. Historically, it always does well, right? We always we usually I don't really have a pretty you know good what? Oscar Actually, track we don't record. do bad, but uh, I was mostly kidding. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we've got we've got a whole season of the show for you, a big 2024 coming up. Watch the feed for our most anticipated movies of 2024. That's going to be our next episode for you. we got lots of other themes and stuff coming up over the year. We're going to announce our first theme here in a few weeks for February, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and in the meantime, you can follow us online wherever you get social media, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Facebook. Uh, and of course, subscribe on YouTube. You can go to so sequels.com and find all those links, as well as links to our past episodes. Um, we'll see you all next time. Bye. <laughs>